right, listeners, welcome back to another episode of Pod of Two Halves. I'm your host, Logan Dean, and I'm joined here today by my co-host. Say hello to everyone, buddy. Andres, what's up, y'all? There it is. And like I said, we're Pod of Two Halves. For those of you who've been wondering where we've been for the last few episodes or weeks, uh, you clearly are not a Patreon subscriber. But should you be, then you would have been getting those episodes. Patreon subscribers, thank you very much. All right. <laughs> so uh, today's episode, uh, we're going to start off, the first segment is going to be some review. So Andres, we're reviewing like some Prem action that just happened this week, as well as mm-hmm. uh, Champions League action that happened this week, right? Yep, yep. Okay. And then in the second segment, uh, is like some MLS talk, right? Because that's a bit of our pod two halves now that we're on two separate conferences, two separate teams, Dynamo and DC United. Mm-hmm. So let's take a look at like what's happened in the first few games of the season, and also then what's coming up. And then finally, in the third segment, uh, just give a little look out to uh, preview what's coming up down the road, uh, both weekend and then following the week, because international window is coming up on us. Yep, yep. So, Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the first segment. Review. Oh, this is not. Can you do like a soundbite for review instead of world and other news for me? Nice. That is review. That's undeniably review. That was amazing. Okay. All right. So, Andres, uh, you kick us off here since we're starting with some Prem review. All right. Yeah. Um, there are some good games. Uh, mm-hmm. it, the fixture started, well, it was match day 29, uh, which started on the, uh, on Saturday the 12th. Yeah. 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 Yep. Standout, standout games would be, um. Oh, well, we had a, Manchester United Tottenham was probably the high, the mm-hmm. big link game, right? Of the whole weekend, to be honest, or looking ahead, that's what we would have said. Um. And for no other reason than uh, Manchester United did win that game three to two, uh, mm-hmm. including um, Manchester United. I guess technically having to come back. So the first goal was scored by Manchester United Ronaldo in the twelfth minute. Then Kane got that penalty in thirty fifth, uh, and then Ronaldo quick or Ronaldo for Manchester United quickly responded in the thirty eighth minute. So they were up two one going into halftime. In the 76th minute, there was an own goal, but it's caused by some high pressure from Tottenham by uh, Maguire. So now it's 2-2. And then finally, in the 81st minute, Manchester United via Ronaldo, that's right, for a hat-trick hero, scored in the 81st minute to uh, win the match 3-2. Mm-hmm. So, anything to say about that match? I didn't watch it. <laughs> I, actually, I actually did watch a bit of uh, all of this. And first of all, Ronaldo... We got to, whether or not we're fans of his, got to give him accolades. He did break the FIFA all-time goal-scoring record, right? With uh, mm-hmm. I think it's the second goal that broke the 806 mark. So he's now one above it. It uh, was pretty impressive of him to get a hat-trick, too. Um, some really good work, uh, him and Sancho connecting. Uh, it's a bit of a shame to see Tottenham not, not able to figure this one, one out. Coming into this match, I don't know if I would have predicted that Manchester United would be the better team or the favorite, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with some of their slow defensive frailties and Tottenham's ability to break uh, to the quick counterattack and that it was a Manchester United's home. But nonetheless, uh, Manchester United did pull it out. So 
make some of the other stuff on the table a little interesting. So I'd say that was the big game of Saturday. Although we shouldn't look past. What other game on Saturday do you want to mention, Andres? A uh, Liverpool game. That was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Away to Brighton. Brighton definitely can be... Brighton's been a little colder of late, but, I mean, they are a team that anybody finds hard to beat at times. You know, they kind of pull mm -hmm. out some surprise packages. Um, especially since this weekend was following you all playing in the Champions League the previous week. So, yeah, that right. was uh, it's one of those consistent keep-it-rolling matches. Uh, moving ahead to Sunday, then, and the Premier League review. What's any standout matches to you here? We had Chelsea Newcastle. So that's battle of like two, I guess, controversial mm, ownerships. I guess. I guess. I mean, I'm not nearly as involved in this as British fans are, so it doesn't bother me as, as much. Um, West Ham Austin Villa was just a standout one to me. Um, West Ham getting mm. that. I don't know. I thought Villa would do better than that, but West Ham continuing and picking up that win keeps them in the hunt for that European spot, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal beating Leicester 2-0 was good and essential to put them into fourth. Right? So yeah. you know, after their kind of so-so beginning of the season, they've really picked up form, I'd say about the last since last 6 weeks I would say especially, right? Really stuff mm -hmm. has started moving after the Christmas jump here, but they've kind of connected things together. Um and then from an American centric side, uh Leeds Getting the 2-1 win. Jesse March, U.S. coach. Yeah, cool on that. Yeah, that's all I got for Sundays. Anything else to jump out to you? You're not going to talk much about the, the leads? Uh, when, what, when was their their winner? What minute? Oh, 90 plus 4. Gerhardt, yeah. Gerhardt, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It took a less. <laughs> yeah, and it was against Norwich, no less. So, you know. Uh, and it was at Leeds. I mean, if there's anybody you should be able to beat, it's Norwich, especially if it's a home game. And to have to do it all the way right at the death is a uh, little troubling. Not to mention, like, they were up 1-0, Leeds, that is, scoring in the 14th minute, held it all the way through, and then they managed to give up a goal in the 90-plus-1 to McLean. But then they quickly responded to bring back their uh, the advantage and win 2-1. So. But, yes, there are definitely some – some concerns there, but and again, that's because Leeds sacked Elsa, so I don't know. I kind of expect some growing pains and mm -hmm. tough stuff for Everton, huh? Yeah, that was yeah. that was good. And who got the goal for for Wolves? Uh, Cody Connor Cody. Yeah, former Liverpool man. Oh, that's right. Okay, so this match ended zero one. That is Wolves beat Everton at Everton, and this match also put. Everton is now squarely in sort of relegation trouble territory. Right? They're not I mean, actually in the relegation zone. I mean, it's only it's only goal difference, isn't it? Uh. Uh. Wait, hold on. Points. Yeah, yeah. So they they currently have. Okay. Yeah. Now they got three. Yeah. They got three points. Yeah, yeah. Right. 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 But nonetheless, they then their form has been kind of constantly sliding down. And they didn't ever pick it up such that this match means like, okay, you are now within striking distance on any given match day of mm -hmm. relegation. Like you said, goal difference. Like if they, you know, somebody else peeps up there, anyways, they're they're in it, that's for sure. Um, da -da -da. Yeah, that's my takeaways for uh, 
Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. Jumping to Monday. Somebody we had uh, Crystal Palace versus Man City. You were probably interested in this one, huh? A little bit. Yeah, I didn't really watch it, but. We're going to watch it, sure, sure. But Crystal Palace did manage to um, frustrate Manchester City. And it was a 0-0 draw, which is pretty big. This is why I say you were interested for title uh, consequences because it's that I mean, it was only a little while ago, I don't know, like three match days ago, that four maybe, that people were saying, oh, Man City is running away with this. Like it's theirs. Not even theirs to lose. It's definitely theirs, right? And mm. even at the time, you and I agreed like, yo, I don't know. I mean, six points is not – insurmountable even if at the time it was nine given that liverpool is going to play manchester city it's like you can slip up here and there there's a lot of games left and sure enough with this draw it put manchester city still in first place but with 70 points compared to liverpool's 69 points so only one point mm-hmm. behind them and they still have yet to play so i guess the destiny as, as of this moment both teams have their destiny in their hands yeah. right like if you went out then you guys would guarantee that you won. If we, if Manchester City won out, they would guarantee that they won. So, uh, and no, that oh, I was about to make a mistake of Crystal Palace's uh, manager. It's not Roy the Boy. It's why I said Watford. Never. No, it's not. No, it's not. Anymore. It's uh, Vieira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making like some uh, effective tactical moves. Uh, especially yeah. from when I saw this. I mean, they gave up the possession, which is going to happen against Metro City anyway, so just go ahead and embrace it and made the most out of their 26% possession. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they, they did legitimately have uh, 0.83 expected goals, seven shots, admittedly only one on target, but still. The, hey, the more, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the more, um, I would say, robust sort of measurement here is that Manchester City, sure, they had 19 shots, but only four of those were on target. So the compactness of, you know, Crystal Palace was able to maintain its structure and everything such that they were popping off shots from here and there, but very few of them were actually going to be target, you know? Yeah. Okay, moving into Tuesday. Oh, wait, there isn't, there weren't any Premier games on Tuesday. My bad. Yeah, no. Uh, but there was, I know now, <laughs> there was a championship game. West Brom taking on Fulham. This one was on ESPN+. Plus. And you know what that means. That means that Fulham isn't going to win because the few <laughs> games of theirs that are on ESPN Plus and then are not always victories for me. Uh, so West Brom did beat them 1-0. But besides, despite that fact, Fulham is still top of the championship. You know I got to give some toast pinkies up to us being top of the table. Got 77 points, 11 points ahead of second place. Bournemouth with 66 points. Sure, Bournemouth is back two games, but even if they you gave them all six points, it's still looking like... Uh, it's not quite locked on, but actually here in like the next six games or so, they could lock it down. Full of moves. Yeah. Yeah. And Mitrovic broke like the championship goal scoring record. This was like two games ago, but nonetheless, might as well get that in there now. And more impressively, I really want Fulham to maintain this ever since like Christmas or something. Their goal differential has been greater than any other team has goals. Yeah. So their goal differential is 58. That's comprised of 90 goals for 32 against Whereas Bournemouth has 56 goals for 31 against, but they, you know, I don't know. I'm really enjoying this. This I'm a okay with us being a yo-yo club, but this is the general experience. There you go. Just, yeah. Uh, okay. So then moving into uh, Wednesday. Yeah, take it away. What you got on, for Premier League review? 
Uh, Wednesday, Liverpool game. It was the uh, makeup um, makeup yep. fixture for uh, what match day was? Round that? twenty-seven. It was, it was only a little while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the FA Cup stuff, I think. Oh no, yeah, it was your yeah, yeah. EFL Cup Carabao Cup final, I think. Carabao. Yeah, that was it. Yep. Yep. So, anyways, you were away to Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we were away. It's a. Um... It was a it was a frustrating game for a little bit, up until yeah. like the fifty fourth. I mean, it was it was back and forth. Um, oh, there was some scary moments. I mean, there was this one where Arsenal should have gone up. I mean, Thiago with the horrible back pass to Allison, who wasn't ready. Um, what's his name? I forgot who got on the end. Of, I think I think it was Lacazette. He. Uh, intercepted it because it was such a bad bat it was such a bad back pass um but allison just stood his ground made himself big moved his feet quick he had quick feet and time put out his arm just in time to block the shot it was but it was a very scary moment um but then in the uh, 54th tiago kind of makes up for that lapse in concentration by like threading the needle with this brilliant through ball to Jota. The ball, who just, ball has eye The balls had the ball had eyes action. You think? Yeah, yeah, it was great. It, I mean, it like threaded through like several different. He like cut two lines of of Arsenal players. You know what I mean? Like nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Eliminated the midfield and the defense with this through ball. Jota got it. One, two, three, touch, bang, back of the net. Um. Go up one nil. Uh, I do want to shout out Sadio Mane on this goal because running it back, there's this um, there's this camera angle where you see Mane making this run, like this real quick cheeky little run where he's like he's he's not he's kind of like right next to Jota and realizes hey I'm in this space let me kind of do this like I'm a sprint. But instead of sprinting towards the goal, he sprints, kind of does this like half sprint towards the middle of the field, dragging the defender just that much. It was only really two steps that the defender was like, went with Mane. But then Thiago uh, passed the ball. So he, as he, the defender tried to get back to, 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 to recoup yeah. the, the lost uh, ground. But he yeah. was already two steps behind Diego, and that was, it was game over after that. Man, I really appreciate you pointing out that work for money because you absolutely agree. And right, and that's the sign of like, I mean, multiple things on attacker. One, being smart to recognize that, but two, like, he still making those sorts of efforts and everything, even when it's like, even if he does follow me, he'd only follow me for like a half second. And what what good would that, that do? And it's like, that's exactly all that. he needed, though. Yeah, that yeah. half a second. That's all he needed. Right. So for a player that like. Uh, commits to those sorts of things. And this wasn't like early in the game, nor right at the end of the game. This is in the middle of the game. So it's like, mm -hmm. this is kind of represented that Mane must do this sort of stuff all the time. We know it's here because there's a goal that came from it, but there must be a whole bunch of other times where he's doing it as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Which is, ah, kudos to him. Yeah. Um, all right. So y'all scored in the 54th. So then what happened? What was Arsenal's approach? And what was y'all's approach at that point? Being up 1-0. I mean, you'd expect them to sit back, but 
that didn't happen. Liverpool did it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You'd expect Liverpool to sit back, but no, nah, that didn't happen. Um. They That's just, interesting. Yeah, I mean, well, they have their own like playing style. I mean, they they it was still pretty like nerve wracking a little bit mm-hmm. up until like the sixty second. But I mean, um, Arsenal had this weird free kick that they took quickly where if like Lacazette was if he had been paying attention because it looked like he was asking for it and then he just looked away right when homeboy took the took the free kick quickly and like if he had been paying attention that could have easily been an equalizer right there boom could have been huh yeah. oh then yeah and I guess then the the continue attacking uh coaching call by Jurgen Klopp deemed Good. Not only did it work out here, because as you're about to say, what happened in the 64th? In the 62nd, yeah, it was. Uh, oh man, that was such great, like defensive effort being rewarded. Because it's like, um, it's it all kind of started off on the right side, as like uh, like Mo Mo's had it, did this, that, boom, takes shot, goes off a defender, ping pong, boom. Ball ends up uh, with the um, Arsenal right back. But Andrew Robertson was just, boom, on him quickly. Got the ball back. Firmino just, he I mean, he was right place. Immediately, as soon as he saw Andrew Robertson got the ball, he's pointing, look, I want the ball there. Then kind of waits a little bit, waits until Andy Robertson makes this run, like, basically down the byline a little bit. And it's like, right when Andrew Robertson sends in that low, strong, like, fast cross into the, like, six-yard box. Firmino's right there, gets there, blink of an eye, and somehow manages to get the the most loveliest touch on the ball to where it just creeps under Ramsdale, who came out to kind of, to, you know, he tried to get the ball, but, I mean, he didn't expect Firmino's foot to be right there in position and right the right way for it to just graze underneath his armpit into the goal. It was great. Nice, nice. And but so what you're saying is like uh, pressing high up was rewarded. At Liverpool keeping a high press was rewarded in this instance because obviously Andy Robertson won it right back. And though Andy Robertson wasn't like lone pressing as demonstrated mm-hmm. by the fact mm-hmm. that Firmino yeah, yeah. was there right to like immediately respond and take advantage of this, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, all the better too, because like you said, that back pass, there was a little scary early in the first half where, you know, Arsenal almost picked it up or Lacazette and almost, you know, got a goal. And then later on that set piece, these that, that sort of back pass thing, there are definitely games where like that goes against you. They get that goal. And it's still like this level of quality game from the opposition and you're just frustrated and you're not able to get a goal. Or if you do get the one, it's just to tie it up, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's obviously good. But then to keep attacking is like, yeah, all the better. And obviously it had been, uh, it bared out to be the right decision because you ended up winning 2-0. Uh, so good on you. And then to keep the chase on for uh, Manchester City with that result since meant. uh I put you all up right yeah, to 69 points. So one point behind, like I kind of gave away a moment ago when I gave the table. Um, the other match was Brighton-Tottenham. Is that Brighton-Tottenham won 2-0? Yeah. I mean, nothing particular to write home about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 
Uh, yesterday, so Thursday, uh, there was one Premier League match, and that was Everton uh, hosting Newcastle. And mm. Everton managed to get the job done. They scored, they won one nil, although they scored at the 90 plus nine to do it. Huh. Yeah. It's got to be one of the most frustrating wins there. I mean, very glad they went ahead and pulled it out, but Jesus, can't get much closer than that. Although Newcastle have been on good form of late, so that's that's not nothing result, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's like Premier League review. Do you want to, take a middle of the segment break for Champions League review or do you want to continue right on with it? I'll take a little break. Okay. All right. So let's take a break real quick. Uh, listener, we'll be back in half a moment. I love soccer. I love podcasts. If only there was a way to bring the dualities of these two parts of my life together. Now there is pod of two halves podcast i listen to new episodes as soon as they drop mondays and fridays look for pod of two halves anywhere you listen to podcasts and make sure to subscribe all right welcome back listener from that quick mini break in between the segments uh some more review here we're going to go ahead and review some champions league action and i'm intentionally being ambiguous with champions league as you'll come to find out well, let's go to the Champions League, what everyone means by the Champions League. The UEFA Champions League. So this is the second leg of the knockout round. First knockout round, so round of 16, if you will. We had two matches on Tuesday. Andres, which one do you want to start with? Oh, man. You pick. You pick. I picked last time. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to start with the uh, Ajax-Benfica match. So mm-hmm. that first match uh, had been at Benfica, and they had tied... 2-2, which, is that a little surprising to you, just in general? No? Okay, well, I, I mean, I, I, right, but I just think that Ajax is better than Benfica, or whatever it is. Mm. I mean, yeah, uh, I, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so 2-2, sure, okay. And importantly, we don't have away goals anymore, correct? Right. Right. Okay. So now, then coming into this match, since there's a two-two job, is this at I? But at Ajax, I mean, I would be like, I favor Ajax overall still. Benfica though got the one goal. They got it in the 77th minute. Not a whole lot of attacks they were making, but one of the few chances they made something out of. And uh, Ajax continued to be unable to get anything in the net. And so no. Ajax ended up losing 1-0, and that meant Benfica knocked him out. Benfica goes through to the uh, oh, man. round of eight. Yeah. Benfica's got some fun some fun uh, old uh, Prem guys on there. Yes. Yes, they do. All right, go ahead. Which you mean, all right, well, you got, you got Vertonghen and Notamendi in the defense, but the one, the name that really I hadn't heard in a really long time, is my man Abel Tarab. Oh my God! Right, yeah. They constantly. <laughs> I just see him with QPR, bro. Who knew that's where he ended up? Yeah. I know, right? Uh, and also, like Otamendi, if you'd asked me, like, "Hey, is Otamendi still playing?" I'd be like, "Maybe." I thought he retired. Argentina? Right? Yeah, maybe in Argentina, not like. Oh you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's old boys or something. Old. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Not to mention that Everton player who I think for a while there he did 
play for Everton. Wasn't that like a nominative determinism? Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. Ooh. Anyways, uh, Everton for Benfica. Oh, no, he never no, he did. did. I'm not no, 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 he didn't. Yeah, he didn't no. Get that. no, no, no. Anyways, very sad to see Ajax bow out. Ajax is just generally a lot of fun. They're kind of offensive, you know. Remember, bam, I like to always think that Ajax plays with sort of reckless abandon. Um, and so seeing them as a neutral, I very much like Ajax continuing to be involved. But oh well. It is, I mean, in the sense that Benfica hasn't gotten this far in a while. So that's kind of mm-hmm. good. The other yeah. match uh, Tuesday, second leg, was Manchester United hosting Atletico Madrid. That first leg was a 1-1 draw in Madrid, uh, mm-hmm. where Manchester United, you might recall, got that late, late, late equalizer. Um, so kind of fortunate to enter this game 1-1. And this match was at Manchester United or Old Trafford. Uh-huh. Drum roll, you want to tell them what happened? Future Houston Dynamo player Hector Herrera got the win. One nil. I mean, he didn't make the goal, but he shut down Ronaldo. Um, Atletico win 1-0. Mm-hmm. And that means they knock out Manchester United and go through. So I've got yep, yep. two takeaways from this. One, it's got to be satisfying to see a little bit of Madrid spoil somebody else's party for a change. Yeah. 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 Especially because Atletico Madrid, I've had the sense in like the last two years, has not shown that defensive resilience that they were known for. Right. And it's like, I'll let somebody else have to come up against that. Then with this classic thing where Atletico Madrid get a goal and then you can't. You just cannot get any like attempts on them. And that's exactly what they did in this match. Admittedly, they scored in the 40, 41st minute, but the second half, Manchester United didn't have a sniff, man. Could not figure it out. Um, so that was good. And then what you just mentioned there, let's highlight that again. Who caught, shut down Ronaldo? Hector Herrera, future Houston Dynamo player. That's I already amazing. have a pre. I know, right? So here he is, continuing to play in the Champions League, starting. Uh, starting mm-hmm. lineup and very influential in the match. In fact, for what it's worth, his match rating was 7.5. Yeah, that's quite good. Um, mm-hmm. And he's going to be playing for the Houston Dynamo as soon as the season for Atletico Madrid is up. So I guess May. July. Oh, he won't come uh, over until he... July. Oh. Right, because his contract ends and it runs through June. That's good too, actually. So it gets him a little bit of a, a little bit of a break because he would have absolutely mm-hmm. no off-season. And it being a World Cup year, so that's good. Okay, all right. Well, very exciting. Uh, cool. Now, um, let's move then to uh, the Champions League matches on. Well, actually, let me just say real quick on Tuesday, bada ba, Shai's force in CCL here. That is CONCACAF Champions League, the other Champions League, the nighttime Champions League. Or you want me to put it in after we finish the uh, UEFA Champions League? Yeah, finish one before you go to the other. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So then on Wednesday, the two Champions League matches that we had for UEFA Champions League, we had Juventus hosting Villarreal and Lille hosting Chelsea. Which one you want to start with? Doesn't matter. All right. I'm going to say Juve hosting Villarreal, mainly because it's just going to be like overall disappointing. So that first leg was a uh, 1-1 draw in Villarreal. Um mm-hmm. Like it's in Villarreal, Juventus, you know, can get it done. And then this match at Juventus, Juventus lost three 0 Now those were all quite late goals. All right, so Juventus kept kind of like piling on the pressure to try and go ahead and, and get the win here. 
Uh, and then Bomb gave up a penalty in the 78th minute, which Villarreal promptly put away. Torres then gets us for gets a second goal for Villarreal in the 85th minute, and then obviously all real caution thrown to the wind after that. And so Danjuma then got a, another penalty, as or Villarreal got another penalty in the 90 plus two that Danjuma put away. So mm-hmm. they went, you know, knocking out Juventus, which is kind of a bummer, but. I guess this is this is like kind of a, a hipsters Champions League a bit because we got Benfica, we got Villarreal. These are like some less uh, likely candidates to be in the round of eight, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other match was Lille hosting Chelsea. So that first match uh, was Chelsea won two nil at Stamford Bridge, right? Chelsea. Uh, but I think up until this point, Lille had not been scored on. At home in the Champions League? I think mm. that was that I heard. Um, excitingly, so Pulisic started the match. Always good. Especially since we're going to be looking to the international window coming up. And uh, more importantly, so Leo got a penalty in the 38th minute that they put away. Uh, so Leo went up 1-0. Mind you, they still have to get another goal in order to break this, bring this thing to a, a dead heat draw, right? Uh, but then in the 45 plus three, so literally like the dying moments of the uh, stoppage time in the first half, Pulisic buried a goal to give Chelsea back to 1-1 on the night, but more importantly, 3-1 overall on the tie, which pretty much cooked Lille's goose, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you had a chance to see this. This is actually pretty cool, and there was um really quick read speed in uh, – Pulisic making the run. It wasn't like a far pass, just like a quick pass, even within the 18 box. And then the angle that Pulisic had in order to put the ball in the goal was he was on the right side of the goal box and the keeper was coming out as well as like a defender. So he had to just basically nail the left post of the goal in order for this to be a goal. And he did. He didn't like laser it. It was actually almost like a pass goal, but put it away. Bam, bam. So, uh, but for a while, uh, let's see, Weya subbed on for Lille. And at that point, we had the first ever knockout round Champions League match in which two Americans were on the field in the same game. Right on. So there you go. Uh, but Chelsea would eventually go on to score in the 71st minute by none other than, uh, School Duggery leader Aspilicueta. Aspilicueta, and that absolutely killed the tie. And so Chelsea sure enough won 2 1 on the night, 4 1 aggregate, and they go through. So that means, as a consequence of this, in the Champions League, we got Villarreal and Chelsea going through to the next round. And we have Benfica and Atletico Madrid going through to the next round. So it's four of your eight. And then the other four were from the previous week. We won't walk through anything of those games, but we'll just go ahead and let you know. So Bayern going through to the next round. <clears throat> Liverpool going through to the next round, correct? Yep, yep. Yep, yep. And uh, Man City going through to the next round. <laughs> and Real Madrid going through to the next round. That's probably the most satisfying one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And then what I was going to shoehorn in here was, oh, there's another Champions League. There's the CONCACAF Champions League going on. I'd love to get like some of the nickname for it. This is not the NIT of Champions Leagues. It's a little bit more. And it's taken on, for me, a level of excitement and vested interest. I don't know if it is for you. But notoriously, this has ended up being uh, MLS versus Liga Mekis by the time we're getting to 
definitely the semifinals, if not like the round of eight, right? The quarterfinals. Yeah. And this this was the second league of the quarterfinals is what took place this uh this week that just finished. And uh most of the matches that were between MLS and Liga Mekis, the first leg had been in MLS, or you know, MLS was the home team. And tell you what, having a two nil lead over the course of history going into Mexico is not enough. That will be overturned. You will lose it. You need to have a three-goal lead. And so with that in mind, uh, on Tuesday, we had NYFC dispatched Communicaciones, which is not Liga Mekis team, but nonetheless, uh, they NYFC came into that match up 3-1 on Communicaciones. So it's like, oh, that two-goal buffer. And sure enough, this match became a 5-5 draw after Communicaciones scored to make it 4-2 on the match. But there are away goals in the CCL, and that meant that NYCFC went through. Wow. So, yep, yep. They're through to semis. And then on Wednesday, we had Montreal, Cruz Azul. That one was actually in Montreal, but Cruz Azul have won the first match uh, at Cruz Azul 1-0, which kind of therefore within striking distance from Montreal to get this done, but that match ended 1-1, so... Cruz Azul won 2-1 on aggregate. They're going through to the semifinals. And then New England uh, was taking on Pumas at Pumas. New England had won the first leg 3-0. Uh-huh. That should be enough, but uh-huh. it was not because Pumas uh-huh. had three goals. And so it was 3-3, and now we're aggregate 3-3 with away goals being tied as well. So boom. We're going to penalties. That's right. We for CCL. I was reminded of this. We don't do any extra time. Straight to talking. PKs. Straight to PKs. Straight to PKs. Absolutely. I got time for it. Right. Right. Uh, and it was uh, our man Nac- McNamara blew his shot. Oh. <laughs> but then, luckily, I mean, it just wasn't like a very. It was saved because it wasn't like a very good shot. But then, luckily, oh my gosh, New England Revolution keeper saves the next shot by Pumas. So, okay, we're on level peg. And Sebastian Leggett, he is out of favor of the U.S. men's national team, but it was only like a year ago he was. He skies his. Absolutely skies his. Not only for the team would I be upset, but if you're the keeper that, like, just made a save that next kick to keep your team in it, it's like, that can't be what happens. You can put it on target. You can hit the post, right? Or get saved, but you can't sky it. Because it's just like, well, all that was for naught. And it was all for naught. Um, and so Pumas ended up bearing their last PK, and that was enough to then mean that Pumas is going through to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, then on, and I actually, I guess I should know this. So yeah, the one semifinal will be Pumas versus Cruz Azul, and the other semifinal will be NYCFC versus, and we're getting there because on uh, uh, Thursday's match yesterday, uh, Lyon was taking on Seattle Sounders, so Seattle had won that match 3-0 in Seattle. That should be enough, but given what we just saw New England do, it's like, uh-oh, three goals is not always enough, and just a proof of principle, here you go. This is how I've been breathing extra hope into Lyon. And Lyon, I consider like a better team, for sure, right? I also consider Seattle to be a better team, New England, but unless. But uh, this match ended up being a 1-1 draw, with Lyon getting their goal in the 90-plus-1, no less. So it never really looked in question. Uh, Seattle got theirs at the end of the first half. And so Seattle go through. So that will be an all MLS semifinal and an all Liga Mekis semifinal because once again, that'll be uh, Pumas first Cruz Azul 
and on the other side, NYCFC versus Seattle, which is a rematch of the MLS Cup. So pretty cool. All right. Well, that is all the review I got. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a moment to talk about MLS. Um, thanks, listener. Catch you then. Logan here again, this time to ask you, listener, to help us by supporting our podcast. Now, listen, I'm not saying it's the greatest cause in the world or that it's even a good cause or even a cause. But you know what comes after a cause? Because. You should support our podcast because you like what you're hearing. And real talk, we need to keep the lights on. So if you could click on the support link under our show description in Spotify or whatever app you're listening to us on. Or you can even find us on Twitter at pod of underscore two halves. It's all spelled out. So that's P-O-D-O-F underscore T-W-O-H-A-L-V-E-S pod of underscore two halves for us on Twitter. And whatever you can give, whatever you contribute is greatly appreciated so we can keep providing the content you like listening to. I gotta dare you. All right, listener, welcome back for the third and final segment of this episode of Pod of Two Has. We're going to do some MLS looks. So as we mentioned before, we now, I begrudgingly support another team. We now support two different teams in two different conferences. So classic Houston Dynamo for my man Andres, since he's holding it down in H-Town, right? Yep, yep. And I have recently moved transplanted to the Washington, D.C. area, so D.C. United, Got season tickets to it, etc. Uh, so I'm still very vested in how the Dynamo do, though. And just to make sure, it's not like I could be accused of being a fair weather bandwagon or anything like that. Yo, these two teams are predicted to be like relative bottom of their respective conferences. So only way but up from here, right? <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. So what's been going on with Houston Dynamo? Uh, Dynamo first game. Uh, well, well, how far back are we going? Are we going match day yeah, yeah. one? Yeah, no, first game, yeah, 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 match day one, yeah, hit it. All right, uh, first one was uh at home against uh, throughout Salt, Salt Lake. Yeah, that was a nail nail. There wasn't um, there wasn't much on offer yeah. uh, for either yeah. teams. Um, there was still. In the middle, we started with uh, Seren and Vera and Memo, um, and that that doesn't seem to be it for the midfield because there seem they, I don't know the there isn't a a flow to the game where there's like you know when you pass the lines because obviously um, Dynamo have been adapting this like playing out the back type philosophy if you will but yeah. with that midfield three of Vera Memo and Seren that was just a big gap in the formation because it ended up just being long balls after because really? neither of them three could get like passes going as far as with the, the Real Salt Lake game and in the next fixture afterwards which ended up being a 1-0 loss to Sporting KC it was the same identical starting lineup um, while that starting lineup was on the field, there wasn't much moving forward. Now, the second half of both games, it got a bit more lively because Darwin Quintero got brought on. 
Boko Karaskia got put on. And then we started seeing then we started seeing the the connection between from the defense to the forwards through the midfield. Um for match day three. Right. So that was lost away to Sporting KC. Not a bad result, though. Sporting KC is historically pretty decent, right? Right, right. Okay, okay. Um for the third match, for match day three, Nagamura switches up the starting lineup and starts Darwin. Uh, Quintero. Yeah, Darwin, Quintero, Coco, Carasquia, and Vera. Yeah, yeah. So Saren gets dropped, which is, for you and I, that's great. I mean, yep, yep. Saren is a defensive midi who doesn't do a whole lot of running anymore. I don't blame him for it. That's kind of his age, but Almost never should he be the one in there unless he's got so much more defensive integrity than Karaskia, which I just don't really buy. Karaskia's a hard worker, you know, and plus Bears. Anyways, okay. So basically, Quintero replaced Saren, and the formation changed as well, right? It became then uh, like two holding midfielders, and Quintero becoming the attacking mid? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, Go I mean, that's, that's what it was. That was what it was before. Vera and Saren were the back, and then Memo was a was the was the center attacking mid right so it was always that they just took right. out because coco also is like you said a holding along with vera it's just it's more right. of a staggered because while coco is a holding midfielder he has the license to go and push forward and join yes. join quintero where right. Seren doesn't have that Vera's always going to be back he's all day center defensive mid. Right. So this is exactly sort of the scenario that we talked about last season. That like what we need is we need to have one of those other two midfielders other than Darwin to be somebody who's going to cover a whole bunch of that ground. Yes, mm-hmm. technically like a defensive midi, but we really want like the staggered. So like the first one holding midfielder, if it's on like your right side, sure. He's where the defensive midi would regularly be placed. The next defensive midi though is like halfway between where defensive midi would be and attacking midi would be because Quintero's not going to cover back a whole lot, mm. right? So when you end there, so when we get the anyways, and that's exactly what this game was, right? Mm-hmm. And what happened? We got the win two one against the Whitecaps. It was great. Right, um, right. No less first, than also. Yep, go ahead. The first goal. It was what we're alluding to. Carasquia had license to go up. Sent in like uh, a cross, which was just spot on to Corey Baird, who was running along the on the right. I mean, he picks him yeah. out in the like the right side of the of the of the box, squares it to wide open Quintero, open net, one nil. Or well, it was one one at that point because Whitecaps. Yeah, first. the Whitecaps did uh, score first. They scored in the 14th mm-hmm. minute. I only bring that up because it's our favorite hated player. Cavalini, oh, shit brick house or whatever his name there is. There he is. Yep, yep. He, sure enough, he got that goal. So we finally got our comeuppance for calling him that consistently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then, yes, Dar Quintero gets the goal in the 33rd. So we go into halftime 1 1. Continue. Mm-hmm. Um, then the second half, it's uh, much of the same. But I mean, it's, it's good. You know what I mean? Because we got the formation we want. We're seeing the movement. We're seeing, you know, the ball movement here and there and everywhere. Um, and then out of nowhere, oh, my God, Quintero's goal was just amazing. So um, 
the one-time long ball kind of works because it's like this ball that Sebas ends up getting who lays it off to Quintero, just smacks it first time, just lasers right into the top the top corner. It was amazing. Yeah. Goal, yeah. goal of the week contender. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. Uh, obviously, that's good. So my, one of my questions is, I, so Teenage Davy, defender that we both really like, young player, uh, everything, he only, the first time he got onto the field was like right in the stoppage time of this latest match. Is mm-hmm. What's the report on it? Is he coming back from injury or what's the deal? I mean... There, it's what I've seen reported is he's still getting back from AFCON. So it's like, yeah, okay. his break. And then he, they're slowly integrating them back. But okay. what's holding him up is like the Asteris has actually been doing a half decent job. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. You, you don't want to break that, like, that like that chemistry, if you will. Yeah, that partnership. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because him and Parker, it seems to be working out for now. Granted, that that goal that Whitecaps scored was kind of on stairs, but he actually has the highest aerial um, rating in MLS yeah. right now. It's like a ninety-two okay. point something. So it's like it's kind of hard to make a case for pulling him, and you're not pulling out Parker. Right. That's right. that's not happening. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. So it's like a combination of the like kind of kind of trying to all... see, right? Because yeah. it hasn't been like a failure yet. And also if you're changing stuff in the midfield, which thank goodness he did, uh, the coach mm-hmm. that is in this third match, you don't want to also change defense. That's that's a lot of moving parts variables. Right. Stuff, right? Yeah, right. I agree. Okay, cool. Um, and then my only other question is, could you, given that Vera keeps starting and moreover, that like okay, come into the seventy fifth minute memo subbed on for Darwin Quintero. Okay, yeah, I that I'm on point with that. They're kind of a like for like ish, but then Saren subs on for Vera. Why not Derek Jones? I mean, I was a fan of Derek he's Jones. Gone. He got traded, yeah. man. Oh my gosh, am I that far behind? Oh yeah, you are. He got traded, bro. He's at. Uh... Uh... Oh, where is he at? Oh, that's so... Oh, okay. Okay, okay. My apologies. Yeah, because I actually thought that, like, yeah, he was on the roster for the away game to Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah, so he just moved. That's why. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. There you go. Sure enough, Charlotte. Good call. Okay. All right, well, then, uh, so you guys, uh, you guys, mm, us, Houston Dynamo, uh, you have currently a win, a loss, and a draw, right? Mm-hmm. And your upcoming match is going to be a home match. Yep, so yep. Seven one three night. Woo woo. Oh yeah, that's right. So it's uh seven dollar tickets, one dollar hot dogs, three dollar beers. Is that correct? Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, and that match is going to be at seven thirty, only time that matters. And uh, what do you think, Colorado? It's tough to predict anything in MLS. What are you thinking? Man, I think I think we're gonna ride this momentum, man. We're gonna get this win. Um, uh, it'll be a tough fought game though. I'm gonna say it another two one. Right. Um, I mean, they they played each other in preseason. Mm-hmm. Same with Real Salt Lake. Yeah. What they also play Colorado. 
Yeah, I think uh, actually, if I recall correctly, what you said is like it wasn't. Um, Dynamo came back and won it, like in the dying minutes or something. But and there was a draw. It was a very close one Dynamo game. But either way, it should go. It's kind of like an even match, and it's at home. The Dynamo. We're both kind of hoping, wishing that Dynamo get a win so that we have back-to-back wins, right? Mm-hmm. And for and hopefully like same starting lineup, and then we confirm like, yo, this is the general way to go. I mean, we've got to change it because of rotation and everything, but this is the general way to go, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So now let's swap it over to the black side corner of orange and black here, DC United. So uh, for our first match, uh, we hosted uh, Charlotte, new team Charlotte, right? And yeah. yeah, and that match, uh, DC United ended up winning three 0 so that was wonderful. Although it was against new Charlotte team and very unfortunate Charlotte team that like some of their signings and stuff had not worked out, etc. So DC United winning that three 0 not horribly surprising, but good nonetheless. Then the second match uh, was away to Cincinnati, not a good team <laughs> from the you know at least the previous mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, y'all get to play them, and we don't. Y'all get, y'all get, y'all get to play the brand new team, and then the wooden spoon winners. Yeah. yeah, lovely. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, well, let's uh, want the brand new team to play the wooden spoon winners, so that hopefully they can get that win over them. You know, but anyways, fine. So uh, mm. this was a way to Cincinnati, and I know that you and I talked privately. Oh my gosh, I felt so guilty about DC United getting the win here. So they won one nil, but it was they got a DC United got a red card and like the 80th minute but even before then dc united had been pretty anemic maybe it was an even match in the first half but then fc cincinnati took over in the second half that red card meant that dc united was truly turtling just going for the draw that would be great just to get the zero zero draw but then i mean pretty much yes technically from an attack but there was an inadvertent handball by fc cincinnati in their box which gave dc united a penalty in the 90 plus eight i mean really really the dying seconds and it wasn't like one of those things where you keep forcing pandemonium and so well that sort of stuff you kind of earned it to happen it's like they were like three attacks that dc and i had after the red card in the 80th and this was one of them mm. so felt pretty guilty about getting all three points for that but maybe honest. Draw would have been happy not feel guilty anyway so then the third and final match we've had so far was at home against chicago for what it's worth went to this well been to both home matches this match was extremely cold so that morning this was the past Saturday, March 12th. That morning, uh, out of nowhere, like it started freezing rain and it like uh, snowed like six inches. Mm. And then the temperature promptly dropped during the day. It continued to drop from like the 30 degrees to like 26 and 19. So that by the time the night time kickoff of 7.30 p.m. Eastern time was, uh, I think it was like 19 degrees feeling like 11 or 24 degrees feeling like 19. It was cold. It was quite cold. Every time the wind picked up, you were like very aware that the wind had just picked up. Yeah. Mm. That was a cold. And it was also so much so that like they were, were doing maintenance. We were going to take the metro down to it and we had to like drive to a different metro stop because that metro stop had, due to weather complications, like wasn't running. Mm. And what did we get rewarded for going to that home match in the extreme cold? DC United did nothing. This was a horrible game. Only like, right at the end with one or two subs. Do they have anything that was attacking? The highlight, I have to say, of anything in this game was, uh, first of all, Bill Amin, keeper for DC United. That's never a good sign when that's your highlight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he did have some good saves. 
Um, but then um, got to see uh, Box to Box Box. There you go. Yeah, Jared Shakiri. And actually, you know, although he was not like, oh my gosh, like Zlatan level of influential in the game, he was quite influential in the game. He did knit a lot of stuff together and uh, yeah, kept kind of being like a constant problem and, and was responsible for the causing of at least one goal and debatably both of them. So Chicago beat us 2-0. Um, not rewarded at all for that. Uh, going to that cold game. Uh, is as it is. So uh, DC United's upcoming match is going to be on Saturday. And that's at 2 p.m. Only time that matters away to Toronto. I have no idea what to expect. I mean, after that performance in Premier League, I got nothing like to really bear how good we are on the three 0 win to Charlotte. I just said no, but you can't take anything from that. And then barely getting a win away to Cincinnati, and then losing to Chicago at home. They're just like, oh man. So I'm not full of optimism at all. Mm. Okay, so that's uh, our MLS wrap up. And I just want to give a quick note out to the listener that hey, a week from actually, if you listen to this on Friday, so a week from yesterday, Thursday. The March 17th. So on March 24th, boom, CONCACAF qualifying kicks back off. This is the last uh, window of World Cup qualifying for the CONCACAF region. The matches are going to be on Thursday, uh, March 24th, and then Sunday, March 27th, and then Wednesday, March 30th. So Eltree, USA, we're going to have a, another podcast. Maybe it'll be a bonus little episode talking about at least the U.S. side, hopefully the Eltree side as well, on the what we look like coming into this, what is the table situation, et cetera. So take a look out for something on that. Definitely by the time uh, Thursday morning wraps around. So get anything else on this? Uh, no, I'm good. All right. Well, hey, listener, thank you for joining for this episode. And uh, looking forward to continue it. Enjoy this weekend of uh, soccer coming on up. And we will catch you on the flip side. Whoop.